Throughout history, Juneteenth has been known by many names. Jubilee Day, Freedom Day, Liberation Day, Emancipation Day, and today, a national holiday. What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news stories? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our reporters every week, right here, right now. The Debrief. Welcome into The Debrief. I'm your host, Adam Cooperstein. It's been a long journey, but we are here. Those are the words of Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas after Congress overwhelmingly voted to make Juneteenth, June 19th, a federal holiday, becoming the first new federal holiday since 1983 when MLK Day became a holiday. And that date, for those who don't know, is the date when Union soldiers broke the news of freedom to enslaved African-Americans in Galveston, Texas, which came two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation. And to learn more about Juneteenth and to talk about why this comes now, we welcome in Dr. Tamika Robinson, Senior Associate Dean and Professor of Rhetoric and Advocacy at Hofstra University. Dr. Robinson, we appreciate the time. Let's start with the significance of this happening now. Why do you think there was enough momentum almost 160 years after that date to make this happen? Yes, so the push to make it a federal holiday has been going on for decades at this point to where several people have been arguing that we already celebrate Independence Day, but that day not everyone was actually free. So the significance of it becoming a holiday was always um, in the backs of the minds of a lot of people. And several states already do celebrations and have different ways that they recognize it. But after the events of last summer, where more people are becoming aware of some of the systemic issues that Black Americans are facing, more people are starting to grapple with what is this history and why do we need to actually have a conversation about the legacy of slavery and how even those laws and things that came from it are deeply connected to those practices. So I think that because people are starting to have more of the conversation and have more of an awareness of the significance of this recognition, it was a no-brainer for why it passed you know, unanimously through the Senate and then it went through the House. And while it didn't pass unanimously through the House, there was still overwhelming support in the House for recognizing it and saying, yes, let's recognize the, the real Independence Day of everyone within our country um, as a federal holiday. You mentioned what happened in the House with that vote being 4-15 to 14. It was overwhelming, but there were still 14 people that said no to this. And one of them, Representative Matt Rosendale of Montana, called this creation of a federal holiday, quote, an effort to celebrate identity politics. What would your response be to that? Well, typically when people say that this is just identity politics or even the attacks on critical race theory and stuff, there are people who doesn't actually understand what any of these things actually mean and what the lessons actually are. So it is a fundamental misunderstanding of it. And while I, I do understand that there are some questions about, you know, the cost associated with another federal holiday, the, the claims that it's just identity politics is 
is kind of a farce because it's really not thinking about what does that even mean? And it's just using buzzwords that overwhelmingly are coming from the right about issues of recognition of, of people of color and of people um, are the legacy of white supremacy within our country. You know, Dr. Robinson, this date, you mentioned there are states, including New York, New Jersey, that have already made this a state-recognized holiday before it becomes a federal holiday starting from now on. But um, before that even, there were people, of course, celebrating this date in Texas and elsewhere. Um, can you tell me about how Juneteenth had been celebrated even before becoming a federal holiday? Yes, yeah, so I'm actually from, originally from Louisiana and went to college in Texas. So I grew up with it being a holiday and there being festivals and definitely a conversation and recognition about what Juneteenth was to where when moving to New York and having to explain to some people what it was, was a little weird to me, but certainly not outside of the realm of possibility of people not even knowing what it was. So there are different ways in which it's done. Some places have what are called more memorials to where they talk about what the issues were and, you know, paying tribute to those people who never saw their actual freedom. Some people do it more as a celebration. So festivals, parades, food festivals, those types of things to really commemorate that this is a holiday or it is a, a celebration of a long line of resistance and of people finally recognizing what should have been from the beginning, that all people are created equal and that no one should be considered property of anyone else. You know, there are only 12 of these. And as Representative Carolyn Maloney from New York said, uh, federal holidays are purposely few in number to recognize the most important milestones. And so now this will be on the radar of everyone in America. How would you like this to be reflected for people that until now maybe weren't even aware of Juneteenth? So it's to learn the history of it. There's a lot of information that, that is readily available. It could be a quick Google search to find out some information. There's also the African-American History Museum in DC. It's certainly to learn about it, but also to really consider what the legacy of slavery has been in our country, as well as how some laws and how even some of the practices that we have now or in a large part, a part of that legacy. So understanding what that means and working towards making sure that we are truly living up to our principles of freedom and recognition of everyone being safe and being able to have those liberties that we so deeply value as Americans. Do you look at this, I know you've touched on this a little bit, but I just wanna get a sense of, do we think of this as a commemoration or a celebration or a little bit of both? It should be a little bit of both. And I think that part of it is the, the learning process. As an educator, I'm always going to advocate for learning as much as you possibly can about things. But certainly for people who may be descendants of enslaved people in the U.S., it is certainly a celebration and is certainly a, a memorial or a memorandum to those who did not make it to that space. So I think that there's room for both. And I think that there is room for everyone to always become more educated and more knowledgeable about what it is that they're actually celebrating and why. And it's also a good reminder because you hear that date, 1865, and 
yeah, it's a long time ago, but this isn't ancient history. And, and there are people with very close relatives who are were impacted by this personally. And of course, still, as you've talked about, systemically down the line as well. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Robinson, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And now let's welcome in Dr. William Sorrell, Professor Emeritus of the Department of Africana Studies at Lehman College. Dr. Sorrell, thank you so much for being with us on the debrief. You are pushing to bring attention to a different holiday in the state of New York, Abolition Commemoration Day, which is now recognized in the state of New York. But what is it that you want to see happen when it comes to Abolition Commemoration Day? Well, uh, New York State abolished slavery in uh, July 4th, 1827, which is one of those facts that never known by a lot of people in New York State or even in the country. And uh, my organization, the Associations for the Study of African-American Life and History, it goes back to 1915, and is best known as uh, the originator of what people call African-American or Black History Month. Uh, we have branches throughout New York State and Several of our members, particularly uh, Bessie Jackson and Madge Allen, were uh, ones instrumental in trying to push to have this recognition. And fortunately, with the help of the state legislature, uh, last year, the governor of New York, Cuomo, signed into law July 20th, 2020, recognizing the end of slavery in New York. It should be commemorated as a holiday. So it's being commemorated in New York. It's um, recognized for the first time in the state in an official capacity. But now, where would you want? Where do you want to see this go so that more people are aware of this? Right now, Juneteenth, of course, is yeah. the big news story as a federal holiday, one of only twelve. What would you like to see with Abolition Commemoration Day? Uh, I would like to see uh, the way people are embracing Juneteenth uh, nationally as as well as New York State. Uh, historical societies like New York Historical or uh, museums, uh, libraries like New York Public Library or Brooklyn Library or other institutions to recognize it and to do what they can. I mean, for example, the New York Historical Society had an exhibit on slavery some years ago, and that enlightened a lot of people who weren't even aware that slavery even existed uh, in the state of New York. And at one time, New York had, uh, next to uh, South Carolina, the, the uh, second highest number of enslaved people. What, what do you attribute that lack of awareness for slavery's history in New York to? Is it a product of the way the education system has been for a long time? A lot of times you think, well, the Civil War, that was the South's deal. And the Northeast sometimes feels like that wasn't a problem as much here. Or, or is it something else? Well, New York was a big supporter of slavery, even though it, it ended it in 1827, uh, New York being a commercial capital of the nation. So a lot of people were making a great deal of profits out of slavery. So you had insurance companies here in New York, you had investment bankers, you had the shipping industry, you had the manufacturers, you had uh, the cotton exchange and other slave produced products going through New York State and New York City. Uh, in fact, New York was a big supporter of the Confederacy uh, in one way because the governor of the state, uh, Horatio Seymour, refused to uh, enroll African-American males into the Civil War. And that was the uh, trend after the Emancipation Proclamation when President Lincoln said we would now have black men 
as soldiers, slaves are uh, free. Uh, the governor of New York said no. So New York supported it. I mean, even there was talk about seceding from the union over slavery because of the economic impact the slavery had on the fortune of New York City. We certainly have a lot to learn. Do you feel like part of the reason that we are here as a nation with Juneteenth as a federal holiday and what you hope to accomplish where Abolition Commemoration Day is more recognized and has more attention in New York State, is it a product of the protests and Black Lives Matter last summer? Yes, definitely, because it brought attention. Um, so I think one of the problems is because we hadn't had history taught the way it should be taught. Uh, history is not about making people feel bad about themselves, it's about telling the truth. And the, the truth is slavery and its ap aftermath segregation dominated American so uh, society from the time of the uh, formation of the Constitution. Slavery ha had a major role in the Constitution. And Americans have shied away from this reality. And so if you tell the average person on the street there was slavery uh, in the United States and the implications were discrimination, segregation, they'll say, oh, that was a long time ago. Who cares now? Well, the impact is still with us today. And so I think that by putting out this information, people begin to have a better understanding of American history. Uh, I met a woman from Italy uh, and I was talking about African-American history. And she said, oh, you people complain too much. <laughs> hmm. In other words, that was a long time ago. Why are you talking about it right now? Because she didn't understand the implications of uh, the enslavement process on the, on the psychic of people, regardless of race. Hopefully this will bring much more understanding. Dr. Sorrell, we appreciate your time. Also want to give a big thanks to our production team here on The Debrief, Ben Berkowitz, Darren Price, and Melissa Mack. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on The Debrief.